0: Hey y'all, this is Akil. I'm from Florida and I'm a freshman in college.
1: Hi y'all, my name is Gabby. I'm a senior in high school and I'm from Miami, Florida. Hi, my name is Anissa. I'm also a senior in high school and I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. Today we are gonna be talking about Black History Month. And if you're listening to this right now, then it's probably Black History Month. So congratulations. (laughs) You
0: know, live it up. This is a wonderful month to celebrate. an amazing group of people in this world, Um, a great, big, diverse group of people. We're not a monolith. Um, And to celebrate and to kick off and to educate, we're going to give a little bit of history about Black History Month and its founder uh, or co-founder, Cardi G. Woodson. We're going to touch a little bit on the education system, get into the holes in the narrative about Black History Month. And then we're going to jump into a bigger discussion about the African diaspora, because it's not just African-Americans that we're celebrating this month. And finally, we're going to get a little bit of recognition about um, the significance of Black history, and not just within Black History Month, but just you know, in general. So without any further ado, I'll slide it off to Gabby.
1: Yes, this is a year-round type of party. <laughs> so guys, Carter G. Whitson and Jesse E. Moreland founded what is today known as the Association for the Study of African-American Life and History. This group sponsored a National Negro History Week in 1926.
0: And in the 1960s, the National Negro History Week became a Black History Month and was celebrated on college campuses. And this was definitely stemmed from the civil rights movement that was going on at the time. Then finally, in 1976, the Black History Month that was recognized in the 60s became a national holiday following recognition by President Gerald Ford.
2: So I personally did not know this before my research um, for today's episode, but the Association for the Study of African American Life and History actually provides a theme to focus the attention of the public every year for Black History Month. And for 2021, the theme is the Black Family, Representation, Identity, and Diversity.
1: I did not know that either. There's a theme for each Black History Month? Wow. That just really shows, like... This is my, what, 15th year in the, the public school system. And I feel like every year during Black History Month, I've learned about these same three people. Like, what, Rosa Parks, MLK, maybe, if they're feeling um, generous, Malcolm X. <laughs> like, yeah. that was it.
0: Yeah. And it's, and it's uh, so much more than them.
2: There's definitely a lot of whitewashing that happens every month whenever we bring up these Black important Black figures. We're not bringing up all of them or all of their
1: methods. I was like, can we kind of just like free talk about that? Like, yeah, how do you guys feel about that? You know, what's, we literally learn the same three people every year. Like, why? There's so many, so many things that have happened and contributed to where we are right now in America.
0: No, I agree. Like, one thing that really frustrates me is like, ironically, we're talking about this on MLK Day, January, 5, uh, January 18th. And it's like, I think we should, like, we should always celebrate great people. We should always celebrate people that were monumental, that got the things done that needed to get done. But like the amount of people that were overshadowed by just society at large, because we're like, you know what, after we've killed them, because that's what happened, he was killed, murdered, we're going to make him this saint-like figure in American public education. And then we're just going to erase all the other um, activists, erase all the other workers, erase... Black women who are always there at every step of the way. And we're just going to, you know, put this man on a pedestal. And you deserve to be there, arguably, sure. But so do so many other people. If we're going to be talking about I'm okay, we have to be talking about so many other people. And that's just a big old hole that, you know, needs to be filled with more education, better education, more full and diverse education.
1: I completely agree. And you bringing that up makes me want to um, read a tweet. Um Like you said, today is MLK Day that we're recording this. And Martin Luther King's daughter, Bernice King, she made a tweet today that I'm going to read verbatim. So she said, please don't act like everyone loves my father. He was assassinated. in 1967 poll reflected that he was the most hated man in America. Most hated. Many who quote him now and evoke him to deter justice today will likely hate and may already hate the authentic king. Hashtag MLK. So you're right. Like (laughs) they this wasn't just a one a one man job. And then at the time that he was a glorified person because he was going against an unjust system, evoking and sparking change across the entire world. Actually, he had a worldwide impact. So I feel like um, the system now, like the school system should acknowledge everyone that helped him to make such an impact during the 60s. Yeah,
2: definitely. The school, like our history in like school makes it seem like such a smooth like transition that happened from slavery to segregation to like everyone's living together happily despite race. Like the transition was most definitely not smooth. There was a lot of bumps in the road that happened. And another thing about like what we're taught when it comes to Dr. King, all I remember learning from school is that I have a dream speech. This man gave so many, so many important speeches besides that. And the fact that every year I learned the same one there's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that. And good as that speech was, there's other things
1: that he said that needed to be highlighted, but they were not. And a question for you guys. So um, until I got into high school, I was always at a predominantly Black school, like elementary and middle school. So for like, you're asking from your guys' experiences, um, what was learning about these things like at the time, like I've heard stories from other people who didn't go to predominantly black schools that Black History Month was a kind of an awkward month in class, but I never had experience like that. So I just wanted to hear if you guys experienced anything like that.
0: Yeah, for me, like I've always gone to predominantly Hispanic schools because in Miami, particularly Northwest Miami, Miami Miami-Dade, it's like upwards of 70% Hispanic. And you know, the next highest percentage is like 20, which is black people. Um, but up until middle school like celebrations were my new um, and it wasn't necessarily a negative thing it Was just kind of the absence of celebration which I was just like that's kind of whack and then I'd come home to, to my dad and we'd be talking having these conversations because you know he's conscious he's you know he's college educated and he's like very proud to be black and my mom she's Jamaican and we'd celebrate at home so I get into high school and then like we have a month of like a month long celebration with you know dress down days and like we have a celebration at the end of the month which I got to perform in and I remember feeling so inspired by all my black classmates and non black classmates that were there singing dancing modeling doing poetry which I did and I was just like this is this is this is what I want and then like as I went through my high school years like I realized that like so much work went into that not just the performances but putting it on Cause I'd helped put it on in my later years. And I realized administration's trying to stifle us. They wanted us to have to pay for dress down days when we wanted it to just be free, you know, cause the, you know, e- even that $1 is, is an inhibition for some people, it, it inhibits people and like all these little roadblocks that they only put up for Black History Month, you know? So on, on top of like, you know, trying to sh- sweep it under the rug, like even when we did celebrate it as a school, there was always all these obstacles. So that, that's been my experience with uh...
2: Um. Personally, I was not as lucky to have, like, big celebrations like that or, like, semi-big celebrations at my school. We just kind of, like, did a, like, Martin Luther King coloring sheet for Black History Month, and then, like, that was oh, it. No. Like,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was literally it. And I did go to predominantly white um, elementary, middle school, high school, like, I'm uh, just surrounded by white people um, <laughs> so definitely <laughs> there was a lot of weird stares in history class turning around whenever they say black or African American or slave lots of stares oh my gosh <laughs> um, Period. And, which is weird because like they've been going to school with me for a long time like y'all should not be turning around anymore We're this is the sixth year we're doing this <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> not year six <laughs> let's get it together people
1: <laughs> no for real but yeah Black history month is a struggle in Phoenix. Oh wow! Yeah, I've never, I've never experienced anything like that. Besides, just, like the the re- repetitive same lesson every year. But I've always been to a predominantly black school up until I got into high school. And actually, I went to a a predominantly Hispanic high school my first year as a freshman. And like I said, like Miami is actually predominantly Hispanic too. <laughs> so. I was in a school in Hialeah. and I loved that school, by the way. I, I loved it; it was a great school. But one thing I had a problem with was, um, back history month. It was not a poster in sight, not a announcement acknowledgement in sight, and I was like, oh no 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 <laughs> no no no. And there's one thing about me is that I will make sure something get done immediately. So that's I want to say like the second weekend, because y'all know. February's the shortest month in the um those years so I'm like oh my gosh it's about to be over so like the second weekend I went to the principal's office and I was like sir (laughs) can we please do a little something something so I was able to um draft up like 14 like I think that's how many weeks left was I mean days left like 14 facts about history that they can stay on the announcements just to give some type of acknowledgement and recognition for the month and it went through and I was really happy about that because like it was I was already the minority in the school and like the one month that was dedicated for like our culture and our history like it was not being recognized and I didn't like that. (laughs) Y'all heard it here, Gabby is a change maker.
0: Period. Come moves. Moves. <laughs> Activism through and through.
1: I plan on winning the Nobel Peace Prize. Putting it out there, manifesting, bringing all the good energy towards me.
0: <laughs> exactly. Look, y'all heard it here, first 2021, you know, a couple years down the line, she's going to win this prize. Period.
1: Oh, come on now. And I'm not... TSV Pod. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shout out to my day ones. Um,
1: Okay, Anissa, killing you know the
2: vibes. (laughs) Well, I'm, this is Anissa speaking, I'm first generation African-American, so my parents were born and raised in Sudan, so I'm Sudanese-American, and I have grown up with a lot, like, a very different, like, Black experience of a regular African-American or um, of a Sudanese person, like, I'm definitely just kind of, like, in the middle of it, like, <laughs> not completely African American, but also not completely Sydney's American in a sense of like what I do in my everyday life. Like I don't have like greens and cornbread like on every holiday because that's not like the culture that I grew up with. But I do God. appreciate. I do appreciate that.
1: <laughs> Is that a good thing to say? Should yes. I switch it up? Should I it up? I mean, if, that's your culture. It's not. It's not <laughs> a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait. Now I
2: feel
1: like I should say something else. <laughs> Listen, what was said,
2: what was said—that's just not a part a, of the. What's a good? What's a good? Like, what's a good food? I don't know, because I do eat. I do eat like other things, but like I don't know. I mean, <laughs> collard
1: greens my and cornbread isn't a part of the palette. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: different pies, like my 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 dad makes the meanest sweet potato pie on the planet. And it's passed down from the generations, like, at least three generations back. Do you have pie? Like, is that, is that a thing?
2: <laughs> I definitely, that's definitely something that we've adopted as American culture, like, pies during the holidays and, like, certain other foods. Like, yeah, every year we're adding, we're adding new American dishes to our, like, um, palate. But, yeah.
1: That's really interesting. Yeah, kill you said it came, um your pie was from generations now. Where um, is your background from?
0: So my dad's like African-American through and through. Like we go, actually, as far as, I'm, as I know, our f- oldest family record is actually um, an unnamed um, descendant of ours listed next to livestock. Um, you know, um, <laughs> so yeah, we're most, most of my family um, comes from the American South. Um, we do have family in Detroit, um, but my granddad was born in Alabama. My grandma was born in Arkansas and my dad was born here in Miami and at the time when he was born it was a segregated city you know 1966 so it's like that's crazy um
1: wait I'm sorry did you say
0: 1966
1: yeah twins that's where my mom was born
0: Gee, my mom was born in
1: 1966 too oh my gosh yes you
0: know yeah yeah that's how oh, so I cash money um but yeah and like speaking of my mom she's um so she's from Jamaica so she came here um, when she was four, but my grandma preceded her and the family um, and got a job in Brooklyn, where they originally lived. And my mom lived in uh, Brooklyn until she was eight. But, you know, she still speaks of Patua. She still cooks rice and peas. She still does all the things. And we're still pretty connected to um, Jamaica. I mean, she makes mission trips like every few years. You know, I remember like in 2015, we went to Jamaica to do a mission trip. So that's that's my background.
1: What's
0: your favorite Jamaican dish? Stew peas
1: and rice. Come on now.
0: Like, 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 let me tell you, because first of all, before I was vegan, it was oxtails. I just, oh, I, wow. I don't even know how I gave them. Top tier. Top tier. Like, the way my grandma get it, like with the with the broth, he got the beans inside, you cut up the carrots, you know, it's got it's got it's got the tenderness, and you don't you don't want to get too much fat on it, but you got just enough of it to get the flavor. Oh,
1: oh my gosh, my mouth is ordering.
0: Oh man, you know, all the plants in my stomach are like, bro, you might want to invite some tails in here. I'm like, I know, bro. Um stay strong. It's hard. But I gotta say though, stew peas and rice and dumplings. Just like that, that, that flour-based dumpling, exquisite.
1: Akil, I, I already ate my dinner today. Please don't make me get another plate because, <laughs> <Yo>. wow.
0: <laughs> Jamaican So, so by the way,
1: shout out to all the vegans. Akil, you have to rep your people.
0: <laughs> Gotta represent. <laughs> represent.
1: <laughs> um, for me, so, um, yeah, so my dad, he's was born in Turks and Caicos. It's a small island right next to Bahama's. And he immigrated here, like, when he was, I want to say, like, 19, I think. So he immigrated here when he was 19. And, yeah, I actually remember. So I was, I want to say around six or seven when my dad gained his citizenship here. And I remember, like, studying for the history exam with him. And it was actually kind of funny because I remember, like, I want to say what, six and seven is, like, first, second grade. And my dad, like, my dad, he asks me who's the first president of the United States. And I'm like, why don't you know that? That's so easy. But, you know, I was just a child. And, like, obviously, like, that's not his history, like, just to know the first president of the United States. So I remember helping him study for that. And that was pretty interesting, like, a childhood memory that I had. And then with my mom, she was born here in Miami. But her um, grandmother, well, no, her mom, my grandmother, was born in St. Thomas, um, which is in the U.S. Virgin Islands. And her dad, my grandfather, was born in Antigua. So yeah, I have a pretty wide range in the Caribbean of where my family's from. And yeah. <laughs> and it's actually pretty funny because like with all of the islands that my family come from, all of them speak English. And like I really think it's a flex to be multi- like to be to just know any other language, to know multiple languages. So I wish I could have that flex.
0: Period. I wish I spoke Patwa. Like it's a dialect of English. So it's not necessarily a different language, but it might as well be. You know, like yeah. I can understand it, you know, like I'll go back and forth with my grandma or my grandpa, but like, bro, my path was so bad. Like Ooh, I'd be trying. Can we hear it? Oh, mm, I don't want y'all ears to bleed. <laughs> I'm trying to spirit y'all. How 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 are they supposed to know that you got the you know, the peace prize if they're dead? <laughs> Come on. You
1: know what?
2: <laughs> I think we need just a little introduction, maybe. Just a,
1: little, a little
2: bit
0: ah uh, what should i try to say just like <laughs> that is, i don't even know nah ah, too, I'm, I'm too insecure i'm too insecure <laughs> I'm, hey guys, I'm, guys,
1: I'm, guys I'm, next episode we have to hold K- Kill accountable <laughs> next episode
0: <laughs> fair enough i'll practice i'll have a conversation with my grandma oh,
2: <laughs> i definitely understand what you're saying kill about like not being confident in your second language because like i did grow up speaking arabic and like like it was like i learned arabic and english at the same time but like as i got older and i like started spending more time with my like american friends i definitely speak less and less arabic so yeah i'm
1: definitely <laughs> need to get some practice in but yeah so Anissa, what i'm hearing is we're gonna have to hear you speak some <laughs> arabic <laughs>
2: um, okay salam alaikum it's me anisa um yeah
0: let's go yeah.
2: okay Basically, i just said hey guys my name's Anissa."
0: But also so yeah. smooth, though.
1: Right, beautiful.
0: Dang, now the pressure's on. <laughs> Shoot.
1: <laughs> that is honestly, this really just shows like the the wide range and variety of what Black people are like: African Caribbean, African American. Um, none of us are Afro Latinx, but they're very much a valid identity as well. So you know, it's just we all come different backgrounds, and we just all unite under the one. One I didn't know
0: where I was going with that sentence. Like at least at least when it comes to the term black, like there's something in it for all of us. Right.
1: right?
0: You know, like and I've noticed this especially with like more recent with more recent immigrants, especially because like there's a lot of Haitians and Jamaicans in South Florida. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of them don't claim to be black or Dominican, you know, I can't speak, so feel free to, you know, cook me if I'm wrong, listener. But at least in my experience with, you know, black Dominicans. Do not call a Dominican black. They could be darker than me. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty teletone, but <laughs> yeah, we just saw the chat. Yeah, no, like it's, it's a real thing. And I think it, it, and you know, my, my ex-girlfriend, she was Dominican and she, she was mixed, but, and she wasn't, she didn't like not claim like her African heritage, but like in the community, it's really a big thing. And in the Latinx community in general, there's a lot of anti-blackness. I mean, oh
1: my gosh, yes.
0: Is the...
1: Yeah, like I said, um, I pre- went to predominantly black schools and it wasn't until my freshman year I went to a school in the heart of, like, the most heavily populated Hispanic community in South Florida, Hialeah. And I was, a lot of culture shock was very much there. And it was, listen, I remember um, when I met, like, someone who was Dominican and me in my ignorance, I wasn't aware of, like, like, you can be Afro-Latina or Latin, um, Latin Latinx, I'm sorry, Afro-Latinx. So a guy, he informed me, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm Dominican. Um, I'm not black. And I was like, <laughs> like, you guys can't see because it's a podcast, but I'm very, very dark-skinned. And he was darker than me. And I was just so confused as to seeing him leave his lips that he wasn't black. Sir, please. Yeah.
2: Okay, another thing about Afro Latinas and like denying their blackness. Okay, so my mom does some hair braiding on the side, <laughs> and most of her clients are Afro Latina. Um, they're definitely yeah, they're Cubans, Panamanians, like all of that. And like one of her clients was telling me about like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this, but it's like mejorar la raza. So basically, it means like to make your race better by like marrying a white person rather than like. Having children and reproducing, reproducing not reproducing, <laughs> reproducing, <laughs> reproducing with a black person. It's so like, if you're dark skinned, you better go find yourself a white mate because you need to make oh, wow. your race better. But, oh, wow. Sorry for butchering that Spanish. I definitely did take two years of Spanish. Let me.
0: <laughs> I heard it in the R. I heard it in the R. There was a little bit of roll there, but I that- I felt that so deep in my soul because my first girlfriend, I learned this like halfway into our relationship, but her dad didn't want me to be with her strictly because I was black and she's a white Cuban. And like, I was like, that was my, fir- that was my first direct experience with like racism. And obviously like, I didn't have a lot of contact with him and she was wonderful to me. You know, I was really happy about our relationship. Um, But like, just the, con- like the, the, the concept that like, it wasn't that like, oh, we're too young, because we were pretty young. No, it wasn't like, oh, he's got bad grades. No, it, was, it wasn't It was like he does... Like, none of those things. It was like, no, he's right. just black. I don't like... Right. Why? And you know what? While I'm on the point, I just feel like racism as an attitude or behavior is lazy, intellectually. Right? Because if you're just like, I don't want to mess with these groups of people because of a physical characteristic, but you're not willing to judge them on the character, the decisions their you know even their upbringing even demonstrations as insignificant as you know grades I mean that's not insignificant but trivial it's just agreed
1: agreed there is no racism is such a factless like baseless ideology like you haven't it's nothing to back up your beliefs besides pure ignorance a, a bad heart like please is it makes no literal sense do you have any experiences with something similar nisa
2: nothing really comes to mind but like like as far as like well so i did like i do go to predominantly white school so like a lot of kids will like say the n-word or like try to be racist but like as humor like like try to be funny and it's just it's irritating but after thirteen years, you kind of just you kind of just live with it. No, for real, it is. It's the edgy white boys. It's definitely mostly the white boys. Oh gosh,
1: I just like, want to apologize for you even having to like <laughs> find that to normalize that in your head. That should not be. Oh my gosh, because no, like once my
2: friend like walked into the cafeteria. She's black. She's mixed, but she's still black. And this kid said to her, her friend said to her, "Hey, no blacks allowed." bruh the way i
1: would have got so suspended the way i would have got suspended so fast hold up like
2: this is not this is 2000 it was like twenty twenty nineteen. 2019 like this like there's no segregation you need to stop (laughs) with that
0: we need the 21st century
2: (laughs) though and i mean like there's not a lot of us black folks but like there's enough of us for y'all to not act like that like Get it
1: together uh-uh i I would say this story again the first and the last time i'm it better be the last that I was directly like verbally attacked about race he got pushed down the stairs <laughs> I would do it again. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. Okay, I, I'm not going to say the story. It was a long story. But just know you will not be saying things like that to me. We will not be doing that.
2: No, I definitely have so many, like, racist instances. Or, like, there's this one kid in one of my classes that, like, always says the N-word. And he claims it's, oh, I'm from New York. Like, that's just how we talk. But I'm like, you're literally a white Jew from New York. A white Jewish person from New York. That is not how you talk. That
1: is not how you talk. They will put any excuse out the book to justify the actions. No, Connor, stop. Connor, stop. Oh, Connor. And it's even worse because, like,
2: I told the teacher about this. Nothing happened. So I definitely did take matters into my own hands. Personal went into his DMs, told him off, like. (laughs) As you you should. As
1: you should. Come on, Akil. As you should. (laughs) Yeah. Any listeners out there, if you have any experiences Along those lines, please DM us on Instagram at TSVpod. Please um, hit us up. We would love to hear. We would love to interact with you guys about stuff like that. Because me and Aston and kill can go on for days.
0: Seriously. And I think that's a good transition to our next bit of what we wanted to talk about. And that's just appreciating Black culture, Black people, Black lives. And we really believe that like at the core of racism is just, besides just ignorance, it's just a lack of appreciation. You know, if you don't appreciate somebody's life, it makes it very easy to dehumanize them. It makes it easy to say the N-word when you're not supposed to. It makes it very easy to end up, you know, hurting somebody when you don't think they're somebody. So, you know, one thing we just want to give, you know, like at, like what one idea we want to convey like in this conversation is that we are more than a month. <laughs> We're more than a skin color. We're more than a word. We're not a monolith. As we said before, there's blackness is just is an umbrella term, you know, and that means there's a lot to us. And you should learn about us. If you don't know about us, you should learn about us because we're learning about us.
1: Right. Every single day. And a way that you can learn and appreciate is through things such as I'm sure you guys heard the phrase support black businesses. Yes. Yeah. So. Our host, um, Akil, and I have a wonderful business. Akil, you can take the floor and explain what you have so beautifully created with your own mind and hands. Yes.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So, I have an online high school mentorship and skill development service. It's called Your Better Four. Check us out on Instagram at Your Better Four and the website, com. And we, we as an I, because it's just me right now, um, I specialize in uh, time management public speaking leadership development and uh, college application help disclaimer I'm not a <laughs> tutor I'm not a psychologist but I am somebody with experience in all of these fields and I'm just an ear to listen because ultimately I think that's what a lot of people need and as you know as an add fact, I am black so support the black business let it be known check me out on Instagram
2: I'm as someone who will be supporting a kill's business, I was looking at the website earlier today. He showed me,
1: and he did this by himself, y'all. Please go look at it. Please look him up. Ten out of ten. And as a client, a current client of your better for, I highly recommend the business. It is wonderful. I've just within one session and appointment with the kill, I feel so much better about my last um, semester in high school. He's really motivating, and he actually gives you tangible solutions to achieve um the problems like achieve the um goals that you want to have so highly recommend 10 out of 10
0: i i appreciate it y'all um i'm gonna include the website and the instagram in the show notes um and also just as a identifier i do one-on-one sessions so it's not like i'm not gonna ask your mom to be with you i'm not gonna ask your dad it's just gonna be us talking and it's gonna be a safe space i got you First session is free. So don't even worry about bringing out the wallet. Just talk. So, yeah. And I'm going to pass it off to Gabby, who's got the most bombastic thing going on in the world. Do your thing.
1: Thank you, Akil. So hello again. Hi, guys. We're going to start this back over again. My name is Gabby. And um, I want to. OK, so May 31st. 2020, I co-founded a organization called Letters to the System with three of my beautiful friends, Layla Jones, Chrissy LaPlante, and Brianna Sterling, and we created a program. We created an organization that allows students to effectively communicate their feelings and their views on the current situations that has been plaguing America um, recently and honestly since the beginning of time. (laughs) Um, And we do this through handwritten letters. So how it will work is you will write a handwritten letter about however you feel, whatever issue or topic you want to address. And we will send it to local officials, that being your nearest police department, if you want to talk about police brutality. Um, You can send it to your district's attorney, um, your mayor, councilman, and any um, other local official that is in charge of your honesty, your day-to-day life. So this program and organization was created, right, shortly after the death of George Floyd, because his death, um, yes, happened May 25th. And a few days later, we created it on May 31st. And that honestly drove our initiative to want to create um, something that we as teens can do, because our parents weren't allowing us on the street, which is very understandable. Um, We are still children, but at the same time, we still wanted to do something to contribute to the cause and this was a way for us to be able to do that so you guys can follow us on instagram at letters to the system um we have a website letters to the system.com and follow us on twitter at letters to the Sis, sys the character title ran out <laughs> but yeah
0: all of it will be in the show notes
1: okay. yeah guys you don't have to remember this we'll put it in the <laughs> in the um stuff So I think we should end this off with a beautiful quote from a forever icon, James Baldwin. And this quote says, are you guys listening? One more time. Are you guys listening? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Yes. Okay. The quote is, our crown has already been brought and paid for. Now all we have to do is wear it. Can we get some snaps?
0: Snip snap patty whack.
1: Come on now.
0: Yes. That is the most empowering vibe to end it on. This has been a dope conversation. I'm grateful for Gabby. I'm grateful for Anisa. I appreciate y'all. I
2: do too. I
1: love y'all so much. This is a really nice conversation.
2: This was a great episode. (laughs) Vibes are great
1: so y'all make sure y'all tune in we have plenty more episodes to go this is just one in a million so please (laughs) stick with us ride this beautiful ride with us of the student voice podcast and we will see you in our next episode Peace. two three bye Bye. do some energy (laughs) one two three
0: Bye. bye